adjust your cameras. I am not wearing a tank top today. Ah. Hello, this is Rob Foster with episode number 171 of Shut Up and Grind. 171, who would have thought? We are 29 episodes away from the big 200. We're going to hit that in early January. And we're going to have a hell of a show for you to celebrate that one. But first, if you are new to, to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. We're about blasting excuses forever and clearing the path for you to become who you were meant to be. So if you think this is just another rah-rah, fluff-fluff podcast, that's not it because we get deep. We get deep into my backstory. We get deep into my guest backstory so we can meet you where you are. If you're at a point in your life where you're stuck and you just need some guidance on getting through that rut so you can get to the other side, this is the show for you. If that didn't convince you, I challenge you, stay for the hour, and I guarantee it will change your mind, because every single show, we are changing lives. That's what we do here. And, oh, who am I? Let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting, and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. The absolute best intro of all podcasts out there. Yes, I'm a little bit biased, but damn it, I like that one. All right, so for today's teachable moment, I need you to stop giving away your power. Okay, You have so much more power than you think you do. And we let the little things in life weigh us down. So as you all know, I'm a fitness coach. So we're getting into the New Year's season, which means people are going to make excuses for the next six weeks about why they, they can't do stuff. And it's, it's so not true. We complicate things far too much, which we end up getting into our minds, which transfers to our, our energy output and our, what's the word I'm looking for? Our effort, okay, into our effort. All of those things work in alignment. And the second you hand over your power to a thing, and now what thing am I referring to? So if I say, all right, we're going we're gonna to eat healthy this holiday season. Oh, that's hard. That, what is that? It's not that that is hard. Either you do it or you will not do it. Like there's no in between, but we we find that in between because it takes the accountability off of ourselves. And that's something that I had to go through myself when my gym was struggling and I was blaming the breakup with my business partners. I was blaming the breakup of my, of my relationship and, you know, becoming a single pal. I had all these excuses. Now to some people, they would be valid, but that doesn't matter if they're valid. It's still an excuse. It was once I put the accountability on myself, said, I'm not getting up early enough. I'm not focused enough. I'm not using a list. I'm not following up the way I should be following up. Like, I'm not meeting people where they are. I expect people to be where I am. And that was super, super selfish of me. But once I flipped it, things began to turn. And then when I started my podcast, I didn't know what to do. I don't have any background in editing. I don't know about shooting and broadcasting. I don't know about any of that stuff. But you know what? I started. And here we are. Right? And I'm booking out into the end of April, beginning of May of 2022. And nobody even knows who the hell I am. <laughs> but I put the work in. And then doors started to open. See, So I want you guys to stop complicating stuff. Stop doubting yourself. And just take the first step. Because once you take those first couple steps, the doors that you currently can't see because you're too busy focused on the excuses, those doors are going to become crystal clear and they're going to help you on the path to where you want to be. All right, so that was my two-minute TED Talk. 
And now we're going to talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about the workplace experience. We're going to talk about my guest backstory. And we're going to talk about how all of that relates to you. And then we're going to tie it all together. And then we're going to bring it home at the very end. So if you can stay for the full time, please do. Again, if you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Help us grow. Because helping people is awesome. If you're joining me on Facebook, also like and share. Don't keep this great information to yourself. If you want to support the channel, shut up and grind.me slash support. And that just helps me get these videos out into more countries because I found a software where I can translate the videos into 20 different languages. So the grind is global. Effort is global. Inspiration is global. And with your help, we can get this message global. All right. So with that, we're going to turn to my guest. I don't read bios. You know why I don't read bios? Because we're going to talk to her and find out who she is. So welcome to the show. Drink that water, sister. Come on. I'm about to, I'm about to bring you in. Here's Lenny Rivera. Hi. Good morning, Robert. Hi, everybody. It's so wonderful to be here. Your story is so inspirational. And yes, that is the best opening ever. Yes, what I'm talking about. It's like when I first got it, I was like, you know, that's kind of long. You know, because it, it's, it's a minute and 18 seconds long. But but I'm like, where do I trim it? It's like, where do I trim it? like, you know what? Damn it, it's my show. I'm leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So and it's like when well, there's so many facets of who you are. And they're yes. all, so technically, it's not a minute and something long. It's snippets. You have seconds of every True. snippet of part of your life. So I think it's, I thought it was awesome. Thank you. And it even leaves out quite a, quite a lot. Like, I mean, it does talk about the being told I would never want to jump again, but I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. It's like, you know, talking about the, you know, losing my father in 2019, right ahead, ahead of the pandemic. Like this, God, my story goes in so many different directions, Wow. but, but that's why it says above us, like the true power lies in your story. It's not that these things happened to me or I was a part of it. It's like, what are you going to take from it? and mm-hmm. teach other people you know mm-hmm. so so like that's the whole premise premise of this show so I so you're it. out so you're out on the west coast right i am i am yes i am <laughs> all right you know uh, where, where were you from originally uh well i am so i'm half filipino half american my mom mm-hmm. is blonde blue eyed i mean can't you tell she's american american <laughs> she's from new york actually so i did live in new york and my dad is filipino um, and I, I was grew I grew up in the Philippines, so I'm from oh, nice. both places, really. Nice. All right. So what what was it like in the Philippines? Oh, it's beautiful. It's warm. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> Not like San Francisco. <laughs> Not like San Francisco at all. No, it's warm. We've got beautiful beaches. I do miss that too. I miss going to a beach and being warm on a beach because I haven't had that experience on this side either. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to go go a li- little further south for that. Yeah, yes. Like Southern California is beautiful. Yeah, I've been there quite a few times. Yeah, it's beautiful down there. Awesome. See, I haven't been there yet. <laughs> yes, I've been. I've been to Costa Mesa, Irvine. Uh, I went to Costa Mesa a couple of times. Irvine. I don't re- remember. Uh, Santa Ana. I've been to L.A. twice. And then, yeah, I told you backstage about about Sacramento. I'm going to be in yeah. San San Diego in July, July, early August for the uh, for the transplant games. Oh, nice. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, so, you're, you're more well traveled on the West Coast than I am. Well, I only got here three years ago, and then okay. COVID hit. So two of those years I was in COVID. Ah, <laughs> uh, craziness, craziness. So, so how 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 were you impacted by that by the pandemic? To be honest, I kind of I'm a natural introvert. Like I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm friendly and all that, but I I I really liked. I was one of those people who really thrived being at home, like and yes. not having. You know, it's weird. It's like. And, and if you're an extrovert, maybe you don't understand this. I don't know. But when you're an introvert, there is this social pressure to go out, to be with friends. There's a pressure. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't be home again because I really should be with friends. I really should go out. There's It really is like a pressure. Yeah. When, the, when you are forced to shelter in place, that pressure is gone. It's gone. It's like free. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So so I've, I've, I've actually been enjoying it. Now, that being said, I don't want to undermine all the tremendous difficulty that people have gone through with the yeah. pandemic, because that is an understatement, really. I mean, people have gone through, they've lost a lot, lives, family members, income, businesses, and all that. So I don't mean to undermine that. I'm, I'm just, I'm lucky. I have my health, I have my family, and, you know, I'm thriving, sheltering in place. No, it's like I'm glad I'm glad you said that because th- there are two sides to every story. You know, it's like yeah, yeah so, some people are str- struggling, but other people take take Zoom. 
Take yeah. Zoom, for instance. Right. You know what I mean? Only a handful full of people heard of Zoom in you know de- December of, of 2019, but come yep. March of 2020, it's a global brand. It's a global <laughs> right. powerhouse now. That's you know? right. That's exactly so that, right. Online businesses exploded. Amazon exploded. So many restaurants have a delivery service now, or yes. or people that didn't offer takeout now now offer takeout. So like a, yeah. a lot of good has come from it. So. Yes. So the people that did struggle, I mean, they didn't struggle in vain because a lot of yes. other people were able to to prosper. Yes. You know? So yes. it's like, like there's nothing wrong with mentioning that. Yes, 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 that's true. That's true. And there, there were a lot of businesses that did. There's, it's, it's kind of ironic that what happened is businesses transitioned to the 21st century now because yes. we had all this out there. We had everything yep. out there. I mean, we've been FaceTiming people who were born in Gen Z, the people who were brought up in this digital world, they don't know any different. They've been talking to their grandparents on FaceTime halfway across the world since they were two years old. They don't know the difference. We, on the other, I'll speak for myself, you know, I did not grow up that way. And so, you know, in our minds, we think, oh, well, we have to be in person in order for it to work, in order to really communicate, in order to really connect. I have to do it in person. But that's not true. And it hasn't been true since the dawning of the digital age. It's just taken all of this for us to realize it. Yeah, and I don't even talk on the phone anymore. Like, if, <laughs> if, if I do if I do con- consultations at the gym, I, I would say, you know, we can do in person or we can Zoom. You know, uh-huh. the, like, oh, oh can, can you just give me a call? I'm like, no. We do in person or we do Zoom. Because <laughs> I, like, I like the face-to-face. Yeah. Because, you know, like, on the phone, you could be talking and they could be scrolling in Instagram. It's, you know, it's, it's like you don't know what yeah. they're doing. At yeah. least here, I can see you. I can see your body language, your mannerisms, you know, and... Like you can just yeah. tell, you can tell so much more. But think, but now think back to when we were little and we were watching the Jetsons, and, <laughs> yes. and, and we, we thought that stuff was just so far out of left field, right? Yes. And and, and yes. now he, here we are. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then some. I mean, there's some things yes. in Jetsons that they didn't have. Of course, I'm still waiting for flying cars because that would still be kind of cool. But they yeah. they have them. It's just not commercial yet. There's a place on the East Coast in Massachusetts. That they they've test flown a couple of them, but wow. like but like they're they're probably still a couple decades away be, before they're actually commercialized. But the technology is there, so it's coming. Rock on! It's coming. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So let's get ready to dive in. So, how would you describe yourself? Uh, that's always a tough question. Um, <laughs> and I guess I would say, you know, I, I was inspired a lot about what you're saying and I can, I can relate a lot to it because my life like yours has been a roller coaster. I mean, it's just been up and down and crazy, but I think what I take most pride in is that you don't get knocked down, you get back up. And I think what I have is a very positive outlook. I'm very optimistic. I'm very happy by nature. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not always happy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy by nature and I'm optimistic. And I think that's always held me in good stead. Um, another thing is I'm just one of those people who follows. I know this is going to sound so cheesy, so I apologize, but it, I, I'm always one of those people who just follows my heart. I follow what I feel is right. What I, I'm very intuitive. Um, and I, I just follow what I love to do. And that's why my, my life has also been very colorful you know, ups and downs and arounds, but it's also been phenomenal. So. That's awesome. So I know we'll, we're going to talk about the workplace experience. We'll, we'll get there, but what you, you just said, but what you just said kind of ties into where we're going to go with that. But like I took, I took the notes and, you know, we'll get there. All right. So as a, as a child, what, what did you see yourself doing for a career? Oh, I wanted to be an actress. Uh, right away. I was four years old. Okay, so I was four years old in nursery school, and I was in a play called The Owl and the Pussycat, and I played the boat. I was <laughs> one of like three or four children holding hands surrounding the pussycat, and I yeah. remember looking up at her and thinking, I want to say those lines this way. I want to do it that way, and I just, I remember it that clearly, and the following year, I did get to be Gretel in Hansel and Gretel, but then after that, I was in plays and productions, and it's all I ever wanted to nice. do, and so, yeah, and I did do it. I mean, it was part of my career later on. Oh, nice. All right, yeah. we're going to talk about that, too. Yeah, because that's one of the biggest ones that I hear when I ask that question, is you, usually actor, actress, singer, or performer, like, or some, t- oh, <clears throat> excuse me, some type of entertainer. Because that was definitely me. I mean, at 47 years old, I still do it. When the kids aren't here and I got the music on, I got the broomstick and I am just singing, (laughs) 
singing everywhere. Oh, it's like it's like Soul Train, Dance Fever, whatever you want to call it. American Idol, all wrapped in the one. Right, <laughs> it's like, exactly. it's like I belong. I belong on that stage. That's right. but, but it's like I have I have five kids, so it's like wow. You know, that's the only thing I'm back burner, and that's gonna be my retirement. Like once once my once my twin boys go off to college, that's where I'm gonna try to get to get on get on tv like i would love to host my own show or like maybe oh, even take great. this show and yeah. just find a network to pick up this show oh, you'd be great that's you know? awesome yeah i would love to in, in, interview celebrities athletes but just everyday people also because everybody yeah. has a story to tell yeah and like, that's, like right. that's that's my dream i would love to do that so oh that's awesome like, i'm, I'm, I'm using this thank you it's like i'm using this to kind of like build the real you know just so yeah. people know i'm good at interacted i'm not afraid behind the camera i'm not afraid to ask the tough questions and yep you know yep. just build that body of work and make it happen but you know gotta yeah, be a, gotta, gotta be a father first and foremost <laughs> i love it i love all it right all right so how would you describe your upbringing it was happy i'm i'm fortunate i'm very fortunate now it is it is kind of strange because i was i grew up in the philippines but i grew up with an american mother yeah. And I say that often because when you meet Filipinos, if you've met Filipinos, they're wonderful yeah. people, but I'm really not, I don't identify with that culture very much. Yeah. I really much more identify with my mother's culture, which is the American side. Yeah. Um, the Philippines is, is an, a wonderful place. It is also very much driven by its religion, which is Roman Catholic. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of conservative uh, viewpoints. And I'm really just not like I'm I'm really <laughs> pro-choice. I'm pro, you know, I advocate for gay lesbian rights. I advocate for all that. So it was and I was also an artist. It's very hard to grow up as an artist in a country that is more um, closed minded in that aspect. Yeah, not very expressive. Correct. And and judgmental. I mean, mm -hmm. I've found and I've also lived in the Middle East, which is also driven by the by the religion. Um, when you're driven so so closely by a religion, um, there is a very much us and them. Yeah. And if you don't conform, you're a them. And I am so not a conform kind of a person. <laughs> and so I was very much outside. So while I had the wonderful support of my family and my mother and my dad, you know, and and, and siblings, <clears throat> it wasn't easy as well because I was that artist that was kind of always the outsider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I know that's I know that's that's always tough because like for for me like I don't identify with the right or or the left you know like I kind of you know there's some good things here there's some good things there you know like neither neither one is all right neither one is all wrong right but 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 just when you take that stance it's like you get vilified <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like you gotta yeah. be you gotta be one or the other like for me personally. If I was to get a woman pregnant, I would like to see her have the child. Mm -hmm. If she if she decides to not have the child, that mm -hmm. is her choice. Right. You know, so, you know, so, so right. it's like it's like you can have both opinions and be Agreed. okay. You know, yeah, that's exactly but but right. you say it like that, it's like no, you said you're pro life. That means you want the government telling me what to do with my body. I'm like, I didn't right. get you. I didn't get you pregnant. <laughs> no, no, I know, and all of you can get all of you can you know not get abortions and all of that. And I wouldn't if I had to. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to come in that situation. But yeah. you're right; you can have both. My thing is really, and I maybe it's because I grew up in that environment that yeah. I've become this person who doesn't want to dictate for other people what you yes. should and shouldn't do. Because exactly. I just I just don't feel that that's personally I don't feel that that's the right thing to do. Yeah, see, and, and once we get into uh, the workplace discussion, again, that's that plays a role, that mentality, like not that particular topic, but that, yeah. that mentality, because people will have an opinion, but they won't say it out of fear of someone else's opinion. That's correct. You know, that's and, correct. and that can destroy workplace culture. No, that's exactly right. And like what I love about what I do is it's my job to understand how people work so that I can build an environment that supports them. Like I, the work that I do, I'm I'm loving that I'm getting to understand what neurodiversity is. What is that? And what do they need to be productive? What is differently abled? And differently abled is things that you can see physically and things that you can't see, which could be mentally, cognitively, emotionally. And you know, the, the one thing they all have in common is that they will not say, they don't wanna be called out for it. Yeah. And the law says that if you need special accommodations, you have to ask for it. Yeah. 
So in order to really build an environment of inclusion and belonging, I need to be able to understand ahead of them what their needs are and put it into the environment so they don't have to ask for it. Do you use the personality assessments? I well, I I grew up knowing uh, MBTI, so I know Myers Briggs type indicator. Yeah. Not every so I speak in that language in my head, and I speak in that language with my family. Like we all know, you know, what an I and E and and, and that all those letters are. Um, but it's so hard to describe to other people. But it does help me build environments when I understand that. So yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, so like like, that. Good question. Thank you. Yes, yeah, like because I'm a <clears throat> I'm a certified facilitator in True Colors. <clears throat> which is it's a spin-off of Myers-Briggs and, okay. and and then from there discs spun off of true colors like it's it's all the same the same premise just different delivery mm-hmm. but th- the way I break it down to people is I say there's leaders doers thinkers feelings okay, you know, so cool. most most people fall into one of those four categories yeah you know, so how you deal with each one is completely different and that's what happens for the people that don't understand is I want you to think and do how I do. Right. See, and right. then that that's where things go wrong. And I'm guilty, I'm guilty of that. Like I became a general manager at, at a young age. So I was working with people who are way older than me. Here I am, I'm 21 years old, 20 years old, I think. And I'm working with people in the 40s, 50s, 60s. So I always felt like I had to puff up the chest and I had to speak loud and and you know be the loudest voice in the room. Uh-huh. Where then just as time went on, I'm like, wow, I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> you know, and I was like, uh, that's that's not my personality. Like, this isn't me. I'm happy go lucky. I'm like, let's just work hard. Let's get the job done. It's like I fit that the classic role of a doer, even though I, I have strong leadership qualities. But if you take away the job title, I'm just a doer. It's like let's just get stuff done. Awesome. Like, like the leader wants the process. The thinker needs everything explained to them on a silver on a silver platter. And the doer wants to know the greater good. You awesome. Know? So, as long as you understand those four types, you can connect with anyone. That's awesome. And it does make a difference, doesn't it? When you it understand does. and you understand where they're coming from, because you understand how to communicate with them and you understand how to let things land, that they're not yeah. personal. They're not, you know, it's not just, it's just the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And so even in the gym setting, if I'm, if I'm breaking people off in, into groups, I'll make sure I have the leaders as the head of one of the groups, you know, okay. and then like, I'll, I'll make sure each group has adequate doers. Cause so, some, some people like, give, give me the task and let's go. I it's love like, it. so, it's yes. like, they don't care what's on it. Just give me the task and let's go. I love and, it. and then with the fields, I'm like, we're going to do this because it's going to help you X, Y, Z. It's like, they need the, what's the greater good? Like, why are we doing this? And then just the thinker, they, they just have to fully understand why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> and the process. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. What is it going to do? What muscle is going to work and how yes. and why? And yes. you're good. <laughs> I, I have this guy that I, I do personal training with, like, and I have to dissect everything to him. Every last detail. <laughs> you know? wow. And so, and so, and so for me, as the doer, I'm like, damn it, just do it. <laughs> but, but, but understanding. That's a great example. That's yes. a great example because then you really know how to explain it to him and why. And why exactly. you need to hear it that way. Exactly. Awesome. Because, because, because if I leave it gray, then now it becomes a stressor for him. Nice. You know, so, so it's knowing what motivates them, but also knowing what stresses them. So I know for him, not having clarity is a stressor for him. You know, and not understanding the greater good for the feelers stresses them. You know, not having the process for the leaders stresses them. And with the doers, not knowing what to do. You know, it's it's like, we just want the task. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) right, right, right. And you know then, because you understand, I mean, it's awesome that you understand personality so that you know how to tell them and how to coach them to be the best of who they are. And at the same time, you also know that that's why you can't put one in, you can't put a square peg in a circle hole and make it work. Yes, Right? You just can't. And I love that. And I'm going to bring that into my work because I think that is so relevant to today because today, when the pandemic hit, so in the beginning, everybody was working in offices. And then the pandemic hit and everybody's working away from offices. And now organizations are saying, come on back. you got to come back. you got to come back. And it, it's not a coincidence that early this year when companies started saying that, very shortly after that, the great resignation began. 
and it continues until now. And the reason for that is because you cannot fit a square peg in a circle hole. People now understand what it is to be working from home. Not only that, they know what, I mean, we kind of have taken time to take a pause. The pandemic has forced us to take stock of what our priorities are, what we value, what's important to us. And then when people start, when companies start saying, you got to come back to the work, back to the office, we started to see, wait a minute, my company doesn't align with my values and my priorities. Let me hold on to that. Then you know what? I'm going to find a company that will. And that is continuing to go on and continuing to happen, which is why really, you know, people like me, and I'm such a strong advocate. I, I, um, am an advocate for something called workplace of you. It's something that I developed and it's something that I push because it's, it's like what you said, not everybody works the same way. I, for example, thrive now that I get to, to be free to not have to be tied to social conditions, right? Yes. Some people like you want to be with people. You want to be around them. You want, okay, and that's great. But your world is not going to fit in my world. And my world is not going to fit in your world. But you know what? We can be the best of who we are in our both our worlds. Yes. So exactly. why do we have to choose? That's that's the point is why do we have to choose when really technology has allowed us to not have to. So that's I I'm hoping more and more leaders will listen to you because we're after the same goal here, my friend. We really are wanting people to thrive in the best ways that they can. See, and that's why I love having these organic conversations, because they always come full circle. Like earlier, where I had stopped you and said, you know what? What you just said ties into the workplace experience, and I'm sure we'll get there. And we did, because you just said with the pandemic helped people realize that this place doesn't align with my values. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying about follow following your heart and being intuitive. Yeah. And, and that's when, because most people work for the paycheck. That's yeah. what it is. I hear it all the time. People hate their job. They hate their boss. They hate their coworkers. Like, then why do you stay? Oh, well, you know, well, I make this much money and I get these benefits and I get a company car and I get, you know, but, but you're not happy. Like you're missing the point that you're not happy. Yeah. Like, um, I don't remember the group that did, that did the study, but they interviewed 80 people that were, they had uh, terminal illnesses and their biggest regret was not pursuing their passion. Wow. That was the, that was the number one re- Number one regret was not pursuing their passion. Wow, isn't that sad? I, I, that's yeah. I'm so sorry for those people, and I'm sorry for the people who are still in that bucket. Yes. You know, I, I agree with you. It's you know what you said, and I wrote down what you said. Know your worth. Know your yes. worth. You know, overcome obstacles. You know, because it's it's there is a path to where you are meant to be. Find that. Find yes. that. See, and, and I'm going to tell you where I got that from. I went to this was my first ever marketing seminar. It was in Chicago in 2012. Because so people who listen to the show, they, they know I'm a, I'm a three-time college dropout. Right? So as, <laughs> like, like I, I, I was in high school for the sports. You know, I think I graduated with like a 2.8 GPA. Because like my thing was, I just had to pass. Like, like there's no grades on a diploma. <laughs> you know, so, so I just have to pass, get into college. Like I had athletic dreams. Like I was, you know, considered an elite athlete. And so like I had Olympic dreams and all that, but then I ended up hurting my knee. And so I ended up dropping out of college because I really wasn't there for the education. <laughs> it's like a, I, I was there. To, I was there to run track. But it's like, like the classes were, were too big. I'm a visionary. I have a very abstract mind. I think they call that ADD nowadays. But, <laughs> but, but I like to say I have an abstract mind. And, and I just couldn't focus in a class with that many people listening to the 70 year old instructor who spoke like this. So once I left the restaurant industry and I decided to, to pursue fitness full time, I was like, all right, I need to learn how to market. I need to learn branding. Like I need to know how people with successful gyms do it. Like, I don't want to talk to, to the guy up, up the road. That's just as broke as I am. <laughs> it's like, that's not, that's not going to get me anywhere. Yeah. So I started traveling the country, but that first one in 2012, there were 5,000 of us in the conference center and the guy comes out and he says, what's one hour of, of your time worth? And I told you, it's like, there was 5,000 people and you could hear, you could hear a pin drop. 
Wow. And then he just started going into his spiel, how he charges $5,000 for a one-hour consultation for his time. And then he just started going on the whole know your worth thing. And I'm sitting there. I got tears streaming down my face. Wow, and because yeah. our entire lives, yeah. we let our job dictate yep. our value. Yes. You know, it's like you can take this position. It pays X amount. Do you want it? Yes. And then yes. you decide to accept that value. Mm-hmm. And that's so as, as I sat there listening to him, it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, wow. I was like, I, I seriously am, have not valued myself for, for the last 20 years I've been working. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like wow. wow. And what did that do to you when you realized that? Oh, it lit the fire. It totally yeah. lit it totally lit the fire because, you know, when I started, I told you, I dropped out of college. So I don't have a business background. I didn't have a marketing background. Even though I teach all of that stuff now, <laughs> but, but at the time I didn't. So you just get the, you know, build it and they will come, you know, keep mm-hmm. your, pr- keep your prices low and they'll, they'll choose you. So they don't pay too much. Mm-hmm. And then, so after that, I doubled my, actually I tripled my personal training prices and doubled my, my personal training clientele. Wow. <laughs> you know, wow. because, I love it. That's awesome. Because like what he said and no disrespect to Walmart, but he said, you don't want to become the Walmart of your industry. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, yeah, he's like super cuts is out there. He's like, but so is Delaria, you know, which is, yeah. a, I, I don't know if Delaria is on the West coast, but it, it's a higher end hair, hair salon here in Rhode Island. So he's like, just because super cuts is around at Tempo, like Delaria is still thriving. He's like, mm-hmm. and if you're going to like, even you, if you're going to go to a wedding or a formal event, Mm-hmm. Are you going to get your hair done at the $10 place mm-hmm. or are you going to go and spend a hundred dollars and get it done professionally? Mm-hmm. Not to say super cuts in the professional, but you know, you get the point. I get yeah. the point. Yeah. 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 And that's beautifully said and be that's beautifully said. And I love that. And I love that your message is about that is know your worth. Cause you're right. It is <clears throat> the way that I like to say it. This whole, how much is it is a, a numbers game that is dictated by the world the yes. earth it's like an earth thing it's like people on earth decided and that's what they've done and it's kind of it's it's frustrating because you think you don't know where you, you've defined your value of yourself by what other people are valuing you and that's not the yes. way that you do and in in my work and, and i don't mean to keep tying us in but i i love this part in my work i workplace experience has the power of transforming and even creating that kind of behavior. And that's why I advocate for understanding what it does. I'll give you an example. I had one of the one of the places that I was one of my clients with people that I've been working with advocated for inclusivity and belonging and all of okay. Well, their C-suite were all of their VP, senior vice presidents, where they're uh, uh, the CEO, the head people officer, all of them, they, they stayed on the floor. They spent about, I don't know, gosh, millions and millions of dollars. So I would say about $10 million to upgrade their floor. Now, their floor is part of a building. That Their floor had beautiful interiors, really beautiful lighting. I mean, it was incredible. Even their toilet paper was different. Their (laughs) coffee was different. It's crazy. Where the rest of the building had, it wasn't bad, but it was adequate. And then at the bottom of the building where the shipping and receiving were, they were still complaining because it was so cold down there in the basement and they had no heaters and they didn't even have a coffee machine. Now, they all worked in the same company. So it broke my heart to talk to the people who work in shipping and receiving because they felt that they that was their value. That was their worth. Mm-hmm. I, I don't belong up there because I just that's just not I just don't belong there. That's just not that's not who I am. Like, dude, you guys, you guys are <laughs> awesome people. You've been here longer than anybody else. You're amazing individuals, but their environment gave them a value yes. that is not accurate. And then you go to the people up there. Now, I've worked with I've worked with sheikhs and ministers and uh CEOs and top, top people and low, low people. I'm not one to see these diversities, but mm-hmm. I work with them and the people on that top, they're not, they're not all great people, but yet yeah. the value that they feel that they have over everyone is dictated by their environment. So nice. that's why I talk about workplace experience, because in a workplace, we have the power to allow that equity and that belonging and that real you know, that real, if you want to talk about diverse and belonging and equity, 
that's what that can do and can bring. Otherwise, it's just lip service. See, and part of that, a, a good chunk of that, I put on leadership, you know, because leadership should be should be having you struggle. I think people work to whatever the standard is. That's yeah. that's what it boils down to. Even something like I volunteered at a Spartan race over the weekend, and the obstacle where I was, the obstacle kind of sucked, right? Not not gonna lie, but there, but there was a certain standard, and so some people were just cutting were cutting it out, and I would let them know once they got to me that you have to pick the thing up, you got to fully extend it, drop to the floor, do a push up on him. Like unless you're injured, this is how I want it. And then so, some some people would be trying trying, and I, I would come over. I'm like, you're trying to tell me with all the muscles you can't do a push up. And so they're like, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, you guys heard me. I'm like, you guys have to push yourself. I'm like, didn't you sign up for a challenge? This is the challenge. I'm like, take on the challenge head on. I'm like, don't cut corners. And I would say probably 90% of the people did it all the way through. If I if I didn't set that standard, they would have half-assed it because I would have allowed it. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. And what I love, and I love that we're talking in parallel, but of the same thing, okay? So it's the yeah. same. What I love about today is you're right that in the past, especially, it was leadership. And at the time that I had that client, it was leadership. And it was, you have to talk to the leaders to change that mentality. Today, you talk to the people. Because yeah. if you do not align with my values and my priorities, and if I know now my self-worth, and I know who I am, and if that doesn't align with you, and if you're not you don't value me the biggest the top three reasons really of why people left the great resignation it really all boils down to not being valued it's either it's either they don't they're not paid enough they don't like their managers or they don't align with the with the with the organization's values it's that alignment and so now people are getting that i love it people are getting that so you talk to the people and it's it's people like you robert who are saying know your worth understand your worth because once they get that then they'll leave and if organizations don't get it and they don't hear and if they don't start hearing and if leaders don't start realizing that they need to lead with compassion and with empathy, yes. then they're going to lose their people. And that's what's been happening. 4.2 million people walked out in August, mm -hmm. 4 million before that, 4 million before that. So, you know, it's See? it's the power is in the people now. So I, you you keep you keep at it, Robert, you keep <laughs> at it because people's Thank got you. to know their worth. Absolutely. See, and so I had mentioned the, the leaders because you had mentioned the environment, uh -huh. the, the other side of it, because, you know, I'm also an accountability coach, too. So the other side of it is that you have to put yourself in the best position to be valued. You know, it's, it's one thing to just say, oh, oh, well, they don't value me. Well, like, are you going above and beyond? Like, are you showing up earlier? Are you covering when necessary? Are you busting tail for the entire shift? Are you coming back late from your breaks? It's, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that's in your control as well. Because mm -hmm. I, I told I told pe people, you know, I said earlier, I became a general manager at the age of 20. And that pissed off a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. But my work ethic was undeniable. You know, and I put myself in that position so that mm -hmm. when, when this job came open, I, I was the clear cut choice. And other people, oh, well, I've been here for five years. He, he He's only been here for 10 months and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And my boss said straight up, can you do what he does? Wow. Guy had wow. No, he had no answers. Yep. There you go. And even now, one of my mentors, she always says, be so good they can't ignore you. I love it. I, I love, love it. That. Yep. I love it. That love is that so one. awesome. I love it. Yes. You're absolutely right. Accountability. And when we talk about now, whether, you know, freedom of choice, freedom of choice, where and how and when you work. And that's what we're trying to advocate now in the workplace environment. But with freedom is accountability. Yes. You've got to be accountable because you're exactly right. You can't just be free to do whatever you want, whenever you want and not do anything. <laughs> I mean, that's not part of the freedom here. It's, exactly. you know, it, it is, I think it is in your message too. It's, it's find the joy, find the purpose, find the, the, the happiness in what you do and studies after study, after study, after study will show that once you are happy and you love what you do, you're engaged with what you do and you're engaged, you, you, you feel valued by your manager and you feel that your manager trusts you. And there is that, you know, back and forth, the accountability comes naturally and so does engagement and so does productivity. 
Yeah. See, a lot of leaders go wrong as well. And 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 again, you know, twenty five year, years ago, I was a little feistier. You know, so, <laughs> so I'm not gonna act like I've never been guilty of this. But it's like as leaders, we have no problems telling people, "Don't think I can't replace you." Yeah. You know, don't think yeah. I can't. You know, like we have no problem saying that. But just going up saying, "You know what? You being here makes everything work so much better." Yeah. You know, so it's like you're still not saying I can't do it without you. Yeah. In the grand scheme, everyone is replaceable, but yeah. you don't go telling people that. No, and here I got. I'll, I'll add to you because you're the perfect person who can say this. When you are getting somebody to do a thousand push-ups or whatever it is, right? What works better, motivation or uh, punishment? I'm not gonna lie. I use both. <laughs> it's, okay. it's like I use I use motivation, but just sometimes people need the extra foot in the tail. So like if we're doing we 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 were doing a three minute wall sit the other day, and I get it, wall sits suck, but they're mostly in the mind. Like if you could, because I tell people take take your cell phone, put on a video or something, and just watch the video, and you'll be surprised how long you can hold this wall sit. So, so that so that's one way. The other way, I'll, like if anybody comes off the wall, we're doing it again. You know, so I use I use both meth both methods, but I, I do motivation first. But then if I have to throw a caveat in there that could be a punishment, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not above doing it, but I try not. They're like that's and not, right. that's not my default. Yeah. Because what you're doing is by being accountable for other people, that's part of a motivating, that's a yes. motivating factor. So punishment would be, you can't do it. You can't oh, gotcha, do it. Gotcha. You're not, a, you're not good enough. I mean, that would be the difference. The difference would be saying to them on that wall said, oh, you can't do this. I know you can't do it, but you know, if you can yeah. do it, it'll be fine, but I know you can't do it. And yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure you can you can imagine that if you had two people doing a wall sit and you tell one person you can't do it and one person that you can do it, who's going to be there longer? Yeah, true. Yep, you're right. A another good example about putting yourself in the right position to succeed. So I was a kitchen manager at a restaurant up in Denham, Massachusetts, and had this dishwasher. And he, he was a really good dishwasher. Anyone that's ever worked in a restaurant knows a bad dishwasher can tank the entire operation. <laughs> so this guy was good, but he really wanted to cook, you know? Oh, so it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like, I don't want to stunt his growth, but if I don't have him over there, we're screwed. But what this kid did, whenever there was downtime, he would be in the kitchen learning stuff. You know, oh, like, cool. like he was constantly in the kitchen, like constantly in the kitchen. And this one day, we were short staffed. I don't remember if someone someone didn't show up or someone had to leave early. Like I don't remember the circumstance, but he was already mostly trained. So I, I, was, I was like, "Nor hey," I was like, "I need you, buddy. Like I need you." So he he comes over and and he's working and like he knows all the standards and everything because wow. he put himself in the position. I was like, yeah. "I gotta find I gotta find another dishwasher because I, I have to make this guy cook." <laughs> you know, like like he I did everything that he could in his like every ounce of downtime. He was on the line it. learning. I so, love it. And yep. he's a great example of what we were saying. It's that he knew his worth. He understood what he wanted, his purpose, and he was accountable for it. Yes. You know, and, and he wasn't like, oh, boss, I did X, Y, Z today. Or I did X, yeah. he, he just did it. Yeah. You know, he just and did it. And you, as the leader, it allowed it. I mean, yes. that's, that's the other part of it. That's the encouraging part. If you had just said to him, no, stick what you're doing. You can only be a dishwasher. That's all you're ever good for then that's yeah. all he would think he's good for. But See, because like, you allowed that, yeah. great. See, and one reason why I'll never, ever be a billionaire is because I'm way too heart-centric. I oh. really am. I really am <laughs> way too hard. Like, I had, I had this trainer that was really, really good. And I told her, I was like, you need to go do your own thing. Oh. I, was like, I was like, you need to. I was like, you can stay here and I can pay, pay you pennies. I said, but you need to go do your own thing because, like, you are that good. You can build up your own clientele, build up your own following, and just branch off. You know, whereas, like, a lot of people won't do that. Like, if I see someone that's got that talent, I want to elevate them. That's you know, awesome. like, like, I can find somebody else fresh out of personal trainer school and mold them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, like it's like you have it. Not everybody yeah. has it. You know, yeah. like, not, not everyone's cut out to be an entrepreneur or, or a leader, you know? So when I find those people, even though they're in my circle, 
Yeah. I, w- I was like, you you got to go spread spread your wings. So like, if you stay here, there's only so much you can do. It's awesome. You know? And I, and I let is, it go. That is awesome. I mean, really, honestly, Robert, what would you rather be? A, a, a billionaire or somebody who who is able to change lives like that? Well, that's exactly it. So I say on the show many times, and I, and I did an entire episode on this about defining what success means to you. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's not about having fancy things. Like I live in a very modest house. I'm fine with the house I live in. I'm fine with the car I drive. I drive a Mazda 6. Gets me to and from. That's all I need. I vacation. You know, like I do have a timeshare. That's like my one splurge. You know, you know, like like you go to Disney, and you, you you're trying to get them cheap tickets, so you go in that four hour timeshare. <laughs> but the but the place that they walked me through, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I was like, that beats the Hilton all day. <laughs> so that's my one splurge. But other than that, it's it, it's controlling my schedule, being able to travel and hike when I want to, and to not miss any of the kids' activities. Like that's that's all I need. That's yeah. it. Like like yeah. I don't I don't need you know like Tony Robbins and he's got like 80, 80 businesses. He's got like nine figures and he's all over. Like I don't I, I don't even want all of that. You know, like, I'm a very simple simple man, mm-hmm. and I just so I just want to help other people get successful. Yeah, and that's what it. you look like that's what somebody who is aligned with their purpose looks like. That's you. That's that's that, that's what that looks like. And so I, I love that you're spreading this message and you have these platforms to do this and that you're spreading. And now you can do this in 20 languages. I love it. <laughs> I love that you're all over and that you're global because this is the message that people need to hear. Absolutely. This is the message people need to hear because, right, I mean, it makes a difference. And I love what I do, too. And I I I, I if I, you know, died tomorrow, at least I died doing what I love to do. Yes. I don't have any regrets, um, but I know that it's not nor it's not common and i feel for that and i that's why my job and my passion is helping people to find that love in the work that they do and build environments that allow them to thrive and be the best of who they are regardless of where it is and regardless of what it is you do yeah um and i love that and and i think because i know what it is that i that i want that for other people and i think it's the same with you it's because you know what that is Mm -hmm. you want that for other people Know what it is too is people gotta stop growing old. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, you know, you're still doing that. You're 47 now. You shouldn't be doing this. You're like, what are you talking about? I go to Disney, I get the Mickey Mouse here, and I'm skipping down Main Street USA. You know what I mean? I'm in the happiest place on earth. Yes. All right. Yes. I want to show it. I yes, want to play it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, people like, oh, you know, we're going out, we're gonna have a nice dinner. Like, what are you doing? I'm going zip lining. I'm going zipline. I'm going to ride bumper cars. I'm going to the trampoline park. You know, it's like I'm an athlete. That's what I do. I want to do physical things. I don't want to sit down. I'm an athlete. Yes. I I don't want to sit in a bar. You can't sit still. You got to be out there and do stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No lying on a beach for you. You're out there. No. Oh, God. I can't. Like when I take the kids to the beach, because you know where the ocean stays, so we're surrounded by by beaches. Is I find a beach that has rocks, and so I, while while they're in the water, I'm climbing the rocks. And oh but but God. then they but then they end up coming out of the water because they like climbing the rocks as well. Because obviously okay. when, when I hike, at times I bring I bring them as well. But yeah, I'm not one. I'm not a lay on the beach guy. At no. all. <laughs> Clearly, I love at it. All. God, <laughs> in, in my last relationship, that was such an issue. When we were like planning planning vacations, because she would be like, I just want to sit on the beach and do absolutely nothing. I'm like, that sounds boring. <laughs> I'm like, well, while you're laying on the beach, you know, I'm going downtown and I'm ziplining. Right? <laughs> it's yep. like, I'll circle back with you later. That's exactly right. It's like your vacations are really dinner together, but your days apart. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, but 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 again, but that goes back to knowing who you are. Knowing yep. what you want and yep. what you're passionate about, yeah, and that's in yeah. every facet of life. Whether it's relationships, whether it's in in your work and your business, like it, it's it's that same thing. So, like, I help people write write speeches as as well with their with their personal stories, and and I ask people, all right, so why do you want to do this? And they don't know. They don't <laughs> know. Like they don't oh, know. No. You know? Oh, no. It's like I ask people, like, why why are you a fitness coach? Oh well, you know, I I've always loved to work out, and uh, I'm like, 
Oh, wow. Like, oh, like that's not it. It's like, yeah. it's not about you. It's like once you, once you can make things bigger than yourself, yeah. Because you know, like when people ask me that question, oh, well, you've been an athlete your entire life. You are an All-American. I said, whoa, stop right there. None of that matters. I want to talk to that woman that's sitting on the couch right now, sobbing, mm-hmm. eating ice cream because she can't stand and look at herself in the mirror. Yeah. That's the person I want to get through to. I'm like, that's why I do this. It has nothing to do with me and my certification or my athletic background or any of that stuff. It's like, I don't want people feeling like that. So as many people as I can pull from that situation, that's why I get up at 420 every morning. And that's why I, I get on here and do do these talks. And that's why I go back to the gym late later on tonight. You know what I mean? I spend the time right, writing the workouts and all that is so that person can find themselves again. That's so awesome. That is so awesome. I mean, it just makes you feel good about being a human being, right? That yes, is yes. that is really awesome. It's really, really awesome. And and I and I I love that. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, and I've seen it in a lot of people, I think that's what the pandemic has done for a lot of us. Yes. Is it just for the first time we paused for where our life became mundane. You go to work, you do your job, you make the money, you come back home. You go to work, you make yep. the money, come back home. When the pandemic hit and lives were at stake. And we had to care for our parents. We had to care for children. We had to care for, you know, it became about something other than ourselves. And we started to see that. And then we started to value things around us, things and people around us. I mean, people moved to be closer to their parents, you know, and I, we saw that as we went through this on TV and, you know, crying through, we cried with them as they lost their jobs or, you know, the lines in Texas um, for the food, for the food, food lines. Yeah. I mean, I was, it's like, you don't, you can't imagine what people have lost and you really don't get aligned to something bigger than yourself until you're put in this situation. And I think that's what the pandemic has done. And if, yeah. you know, the great resignation isn't a big sign of that, I don't know what is. And I think that's why your message is ultimately more important today. And even what I do and the work that I do is so much more important today too, because our jobs collect together is about humanity and it's about empowering people to be the best of themselves know their worth and for us to help them get there in our respective disciplines it's the same discipline we're after the same goal yeah it's like and i tell people that's most industries and most it's like people like my my son's a mechanic and so like he'll be telling me about, about his day and then, like, I'll put my my two cents in. It's like, oh, you don't you don't get it, cause you know, you know, you're you're not a mechanic. I'm like, but I know business. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter what you're selling or what the service is. The business principles are all the same. So how I came up with with the show was I came up with a seven step process that I use to help people in in the gym. You know, cause like when people come in again, they're that woman sitting on the couch crying, eating ice cream. Like that's their beginning point. So yeah. we have to extract all of their pain points in the beginning. So like when you're in business, if you're looking to scale or, or if you're looking to expand, whatever it is, okay, so where are you currently? Like you have to see what's your current circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go through, all right, so what stopped you in the past? Whether it's in business, you know, did you try to scale? Did, did you hire a marketing company? Did you try Facebook ads? You know, did you try marketing with other businesses? And same thing with fitness. You know, did you try a supplement company? Did you try Weight Watchers? Did you try, you know, uh, keto? And then from from there. And, and so I found out that the processes were the same regardless of the industry. It's you know, awesome. Like re- regardless of the demographic, like it, it yeah. doesn't matter what it is you're selling. The grind is the same. You need to write a book. You need to write a book and get that down because that is pretty awesome. And then sell it in the business area, the business section of all bookstores. I'm six chapters in. I'm six. There you go. I'll I'll be on the lookout for that, Robert. Because that's it's called called shut up and grind. Love it. Love it. Because because that's what it boils down to. See what I mean about the hour going by fast? It's fifty-four minutes already. Thought it goes by so fast. All right, so let me shift. Let's spend let's spend the rest of our time talking about 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 you. So so how did you how did you get into what you're doing now? And it's crazy. It's been a kind of a, a strange road. Anybody who works in workplace came from different aspects. My whole thing was really I loved understanding human behavior. That was my thing. And so now I build environments to enhance human behavior. Um, and I need to understand human behavior in order to be able to build something. 
um, I started as a professional actor. So I left, the, I grew up in the Philippines, left the Philippines when I was 18 to study acting in New York. So that's how I lived in New York City. Nice. And then I was on after I graduated from, from my, from an acting degree at NYU, then I did professional stuff. So I was on films, TV, movies, commercials, mm -hmm. the whole thing. Theater was my love, was my first love and not musical theater, but straight plays was always yeah. my love. Moved back to the Philippines to do an amazing job there. Uh, I mean, an amazing um, in, uh, independent film, but then decided to transition then into interior design. So then I became an interior designer uh, and that, so from the thing about acting, and I like to talk about how acting really plays a huge part in what I do now. When you're an actor, it's a little bit more in depth than being a psychologist. You have to understand the character's uh, behavior and then take it on as your own. You're not looking at it from afar to diagnose it. You're understanding it so you can take it on and live it as if it was your own, as if it was true and real. So that was my first introduction. That's what I loved about acting. And then when I shifted to interior design, it was building environments and, and I specialized in residential. So you're building environments for people's homes that are a reflection of their behaviors, their customs, their desires, their personalities. And that's what I did. And then I was, um, I, I was, I moved to Dubai and Abu Dhabi because I was asked to set up an, an interior design company in Abu Dhabi. Nice. Um, and I did that and I love that. And that was, it's a different culture. So you're understanding how to build a residential home that celebrates and enhances people's culture. So it was really a wonderful opportunity to get to do that. And then I was asked by the same company to move to Dubai and run their in, uh, real estate development company. So it was also general manager. And it was also like, okay, weird that, you know, it was in an industry that I'd never been in before, but it was real estate developments. So and now you're zooming from building environments in a home to buildings and, wow. uh, and you know, collections of, of your buildings and you have residential areas. And so now you're building huge environments and you're seeing the bigger perspective. Um, and the choice, you understand that if you choose a building in such and such an area, that really creates a different behavior of the people who are there and, and people want to be there or not want to be there. So that is a big thing. So that was awesome. And then I got married and divorced in Dubai. That moved me back to the Philippines. And okay. then in the Philippines, um, I worked for a pharmaceutical company and that was where I put everything together. And I had the opportunity again, great leadership, great mentors, great people that I got to work with. And I was I built the first workplace experience in Asia and I created a and that's where I saw it. It was putting everything together because my clients and my customers were employees. So I physically saw if I created an event, if I created this environment for them, you saw what it did for them. And it was amazing to see the level of engagement and productivity and people were wanting to join the company. And I mean, it was people were wanting to stay. It was just such a happy place. And I love that. And then that's when I was like, okay, I really want to be closer to my American roots um, and be closer to that. And so I wanted also to be closer to workplace experience as an industry, yeah. which is a very new industry. And that lives in the Bay Area where all the tech companies are. So I moved out here three years ago, packed my bags um, and actually got rid of 80% of my stuff. Packed three <laughs> suitcases and that was all came over here. And this is where I've been. And since I've been here, I started a blog, I started a website, I wrote a book, um, and now I'm doing my own thing. And I just, I, I love workplace experience because I've seen its superpower and I've seen how it can transform lives. And now that the pandemic has happened and people are understanding their own lives, it is such a profound career choice, I think, to be able to circle back understand people's behaviors and create an environment about them for them that allows them to thrive that's awesome all right so so describe it for me when you say the workplace experience like mm -hmm. what, what what types of things it's everything from the physical environment so when you talk about workplace experience it starts with in an office it's your corporate it's your corporate real estate where how how big what kind of what kind of amenities in the building that whole it starts with that and then it's the architecture and interior design what is the design what is the corporate image how do you want your spaces to be like are you going to give you know are you going to make sure to give heaters for the you know for the shipping and receiving folks are you mm -hmm. going to you know what kind of environments what kind of things do you want to have in place that dictates your environments like building a house 
it's not only just the colors, although that's very important, it's what are the areas that are important to you? Do you recycle? Do you need a gym? Do you need an altar? Do you need, you know, that dictates your culture. So that you put a lot of effort in that and then you maintain that. So your facility management is in there and your upkeep, safety and security, your reception, how you invite people to come in is such a part of that environment. What kind of technologies, workplace technologies do you have to get that running? Your coffee program, your food and beverage program, um, your lighting, your events, your activities, things that get you engaged. And you work very closely with the human resources because at the end of the day, our goals are the same to enhance people's you know uh, productivity and enjoyment now now that people are working from home what that encompasses is do you have a place in your home where you can be sustainably productive or are you still working on the sofa or on the dining room table because that's going to hurt your back and if you're now going to be working from home longer i got to teach you how to how to build an environment where lighting is important your your, your back is important your you, you know your back doesn't give way um, you know, things like that. What kind of what kind of background will hold up a corporate image? I've seen Zoom meet. I've been in Zoom meetings with C with uh, VPs in a closet or in a bedroom <laughs> or in you know, these are things places you don't have Zoom meetings. Yes, <laughs> so you need to be taught that though. Or or at least have have a green screen behind you so you, you, <laughs> you can cover there it. You know? There you go. <laughs> oh man! All right. So how how can people get in touch with you? Um, come to my website. It's www.workplaceexperience.com. Experience spelled with an X. So workplace experience. I'm sorry, workplaceexperience.net, not okay. .com. So www.workplaceexperience.net, and you'll find all information on me over there. Love it. All right. So yes. give us give us some final words. I'm going to end with what you started with. Okay, Robert, because we're in this together. Obstacles are only obstacles are in your mind. So overcome your obstacles, know your worth and know that there are people that, that will clear the path for you and you yourself can clear the path for yourself to be who you were meant to be. Yeah, I actually did, did a keynote presentation entitled Becoming Who You Were Meant to Be and Love did it. It at, a, at a fitness conference in 2016. Then I did it again 2020 for uh, the Comeback Champion Summit. So it's it. good, good stuff. Because, yeah, because like we, we reach a certain age where we just think, you know, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. No, there's no ship. No ship, no ship, no sailing. We're all, we have one life to live, one shot. Exactly. And you have no idea how long that's going to be. So let's, let's, let's find our joy. Let's find our purpose. And let's help other people find it, too. Absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you very much for, for, for joining. This is a great conversation. See, I told you the hour was going to fly by. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> it's like I used to do a half an hour and we, we couldn't we couldn't get any info in. You know? and so I moved it to 45 minutes and even that wasn't long enough. So I moved it to the hour and I'm like, like are we going to be able to fill the hour? And I've never had a problem filling the hour. Not at all. Well, kudos to you. Yeah, and and I like I like the organic flow. Like I said, you never yeah. know where it's gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and we still got all the major points in that yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you wanted you wanted to cover. Yeah, and uh, yeah. You know, and I got to know you better too, which is awesome. It's always good to know other other fellow human beings. It's awesome. Yes, thank thank you. See, and, and like I was saying earlier, with those first episodes, you know, I spend an hour with people, and like I I really don't know about them because all we did <laughs> was just talk about business and numbers and everything else. Uh-huh. And it's, it's like, no, it's like, I want to know why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want to know what makes you think. Like, it's like, what did you go through before to <laughs> get you here? Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, you're right. That's where the interesting story is. You're right. Yeah, like I had a woman on the show. She's got a, a seven-figure fit, seven business. And you know, they, they just built a big old house in North Carolina. And, and you know, so people can't identify with that right out of the gate. And then, so as we start talking, like her publicist sent, sent over the talking points and stuff. And like, and I'm looking them over and I'm like, nah. And I set them down. And then we just started talking and come to find out, like, she grew up dirt poor. Wow. You know, wow. white white woman, but, wow. you know, she grew up dirt, dirt poor. Wow. You know, and I just specified the race because, like, you look at it and then people would people be, oh, that's white privilege right there. Yeah. You know? yeah but come yeah. to find out, like, she grew up poor, 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 like, to the point wow. where, 
like they didn't really celebrate holidays. They didn't really get back to school clothes. No, she was envious of the other kids that got to travel and take vacations with their families. And they didn't get to do any of that. And wow. so like, like, I'm glad she opened up about it. I was like, cause that just makes you so much more relatable. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It's just, so true. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting down that far away from unemployment and I want to listen to this rich chick talk about the house she, she just built, right? <laughs> like that doesn't, you know, that doesn't do it. That's but, right. But to, but to find out that she was where I am, yeah. you know what I mean? Now that ties, all right, so maybe I can get there. Yeah. You know, changes like the dynamic. That's, that's the power of, of, of the stories, you know, like people are so afraid to get vulnerable. Oh, that's get awesome. Out there. That's all awesome. Right. Thank all you right. for doing this, Robert. You keep at it. Absolutely. We'll, we'll do I, I want to talk, talk to you be, uh, once I go up there. I'm, I'm going to connect you with some peeps. Cool. All right. Thank you very much. Pre Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. All right, so that was Lenny Rivera. If you are just tuning in, you missed one hell of an episode. So make sure you go back and you catch the replay. You can catch it right here on my Facebook page. You can catch it on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Give that about half an hour, though, because I have to upload it to the main site. And it could be whether it's iHeart, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or whatever. It's going to be there. And I want to leave you with one last thought. This is... A quote from my book, I don't remember what chapter this was on, but it says, you weren't born to simply exist and then die. Each one of us were born with a unique skill set, with a unique perspective on life, and without interference from others, we would naturally become who we were meant to be. So what does that mean in one sentence? Stop listening to other people. Follow your heart. You know what you're passionate about. Don't be afraid. Just get out there. Get it done. In other words, shut up and grind. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.